0: European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 44, Issue 30. Focus Issue, Ischemic Heart Disease, by Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea. Read to you by Morgan Bryan. Coronary Microvascular Dysfunction, From Cinderella to Princess. It is 250 years since Heberden's description of Angina pectoris, Recently, a large body of evidence has convincingly shown that the mechanisms of angina are complex and to a large extent independent of epicardial stenosis. Coronary steel adds to this complexity. This focus issue on ischemic heart disease contains the state of the art review entitled Coronary Steel How Many Thieves Are Out There by Alexandru Akim and colleagues from the Kant Hospital Baseland in Switzerland. The authors point out that the colourful term coronary steel arose in 1967 to parallel subclavian steel, coined in an anonymous 1961 editorial. In both instances, the word steel described flow reversal in the setting of an interconnected but abnormal vascular network. In one case, a left subclavian stenosis proximal to the origin of the vertebral artery, and in the other case, a coronary fistula. Over time, the term has morphed to include a larger set of pathophysiology without explicit flow reversal, but rather with a decrease in stress flow due to other mechanisms. This review aims to shed light on this phenomenon from a clinical and pathophysiological perspective, detailing the anatomical and physiological conditions that allow so-called steel to appear and offering treatment options for six distinct scenarios. Migraine is a chronic neurovascular disease with a complex but not fully understood pathophysiology, with multiple causes. In a state-of-the-art review article entitled Migraine and Cardiovascular Disease – What Cardiologists Should Know Deborah Kalkman and colleagues from the Amsterdam UMC, University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands, explained that people with migraine suffer from recurrent moderate to severe headache attacks varying from four to 72 hours. The prevalence of migraine is two to three times higher in women compared with men. Importantly, it is the most disabling disease in women less than 50 years of age due to a high number of years lived with disability, resulting in a very high global socioeconomic burden. Robust evidence exists on the association between migraine with aura and increased incidence of cardiovascular disease, or CVD, in particular ischemic stroke. People with migraine with aura have an increased risk of atrial fibrillation, myocardial infarction, or MI, and cardiovascular death compared with those without migraine. Ongoing studies investigate the relationship of migraine and angina with non-obstructive coronary arteries and migraine patients with patent foramen ovale. Medication for the treatment of migraine can be preventative medication such as beta blockers, angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors stroke angiotensin receptor blockers, antiepileptics, antidepressants, some of the long-acting calcitonin gene-related peptide or CGRP receptor antagonists or monoclonal antibodies against CGRP or its receptor or acute medication, such as triptans or CGRP receptor antagonists. However, these medications might raise concern when migraine patients also have CVD due to possible coronary side effects. Specifically, knowledge gaps remain for the contraindication of newer treatments for migraine. All cardiologists will encounter patients with CVD and migraine. This state-of-the-art review outlines the basic pathophysiology of migraine and the associations between migraine and CVD, discusses current therapies, and proposes future directions for research. The management of coronary microvascular dysfunction, or CMD, remains an unmet need. In a Viewpoint article entitled Novel Therapy for Ischemia with No Obstructive Coronary Arteries, Andrew Morrow and colleagues from the University of Glasgow in the United Kingdom reiterate that myocardial ischemia with no obstructive coronary arteries, or INOCA, impairs quality of life and confers an increased likelihood of cardiovascular events and health resource utilization. Contemporary advances in non-invasive and invasive testing facilitate an accurate diagnosis and linked therapy. New guideline recommendations and patient advocacy are also relevant. This viewpoint focuses on the emerging therapy for ENOCA. The authors initially describe the pathophysiology and clinical endotypes of ENOCA, and then review novel therapeutic strategies, including ongoing clinical trials and future therapeutic possibilities. The treatment of left main coronary artery disease has recently been the target of intense debate. In a clinical research article entitled, PCI or cabbage for Left Main Coronary Artery Disease, the Sweetheart Registry. Jonas Persson and colleagues from the Karolinska Institutet in Stockholm, Sweden have put together an observational nationwide All Comers Prospective register study to analyze outcomes after coronary artery bypass grafting or cabbage, or Percutaneous Coronary Intervention or PCI in unprotected left main coronary artery or LMCA disease. All patients undergoing coronary angiography in Sweden are registered in the Swedish web system for enhancement and development of evidence-based care in heart disease evaluated according to recommended therapies registry between the 1st of January 2005 and the 31st of December 2015. Greater than 11,000 patients with LMCA disease underwent cabbage, N equaling 9,364 or PCI N equaling 1,773. Patients with previous cabbage, ST elevation myocardial infarction or STEMI or cardiac shock were excluded death, MI stroke and new revascularization due to follow up until the 31st of December 2015 were identified using national registries. Cox regression with inverse probability weighting or IPW and an instrumental variable or IV, namely administrative region, were used. Patients undergoing PCI were older and had higher prevalence of comorbidities but lower prevalence of three-vessel disease. PCI patients had higher mortality than cabbage patients after adjustment for known confounders with IPW analysis hazard ratio, or HR, 2.0 and known stroke unknown confounders with IV analysis HR 1.5, 95% confidence interval, 1.1 to 2.0. PCI was associated with higher incidence of major adverse cardiovascular or cerebrovascular events or MACE, death, MI, stroke, or new revascularization than cabbage with IV analysis, HR 2.8. There was a quantitative interaction for diabetic status regarding mortality be equaling 0.014, translating into 3.6 years 95% confidence interval, 3.3 years to 4.0 years, longer median survival time, favouring cabbage in patients with diabetes. The authors conclude that in this non-randomised study, cabbage in patients with LMCA disease was associated with lower mortality and fewer MACE compared with PCI after multivariable adjustment for known and unknown confounders. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Margaret McEntergaard from the Columbia University Medical Center in New York, USA, and Tommaso Gori from the University Medical Center, Mainz, and DZHK Standort Rhein-Main in Germany. McEntergaard and Gori conclude by highlighting that this study forces us to again reflect on the applicability of randomized trials to patients we encounter in routine clinical practice while also highlighting the limitations of non-randomised comparisons of treatment strategies within observational registries. For the future, both patient selection in randomised trials and treatment selection in registries could be tackled by all-comer registry randomization, as was done effectively by this group in the IFR Sweetheart study. The optimal utilization of troponins in patients with suspected acute coronary syndrome, or ACS, remains debated. It's uncertain whether a single cardiac troponin measurement can safely rule out MI in patients presenting within a few hours of symptom onset. In a clinical research article entitled, Troponin in early presenters to rule out myocardial infarction, Matthew Lowry and colleagues from the University of Edinburgh in the United Kingdom, assessed the performance of troponin in early presenters. In patients with possible MI, the diagnostic performance of a single measurement of high-sensitivity cardiac troponin-I at presentation was evaluated and externally validated in those testing less than or equal to 3-hour, to 4-12-hour and greater than 12-hour from symptom onset. The limit of detection, 2 nanograms per litre, rollout out, 5 nanograms per litre, and sex-specific 99th centile, 16 nanograms per litre in women, 34 nanograms per litre in men, thresholds, were compared. In greater than 41,000 consecutive patients, mean age 60 years, 46% women, 31% presented within 3 hours, and 9% had MI. In those presenting less than or equal to 3 hours, a threshold of 2 nanograms per liter had greater sensitivity and negative predictive value, 99.4% and 99.7%, compared with 5 nanograms per liter, 96.5% and 99.3%. In those presenting greater than or equal to 3 hours, the sensitivity and negative predictive value were similar for both thresholds. The sensitivity of the 99th centile was low in early and late presenters at 71.4% and 92.5% respectively. Findings were consistent in an external validation cohort of greater than 7,000 patients. Lowry and colleagues conclude that in early presenters, a single measurement of high sensitivity cardiac troponin I below the limit of detection may facilitate the safe rule-out of MI. The 99th centile should not be used to rule out MI at presentation, even in those presenting later following symptom onset. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Hugo Katus and Evangelos Giannitsis from the University of Heidelberg in Germany. The authors note that given that comprehensive medical examination will be pursued and individualized care will be provided for all patients with suspected ACS, it's very reassuring that an undetectable cardiac troponin using a high sensitivity assay is an excellent indicator of very low cardiac risk, not only in presumably healthy populations, but also, as shown here, in patients presenting early or late with suspected ACS in an emergency department. The microvascular resistance reserve, or MRR, was introduced to characterize the vasodilator reserve capacity of the coronary microcirculation, while accounting for the influence of concomitant epicardial disease and the impact of administration of potent vasodilators on aortic pressure. In a clinical research article entitled, Microvascular Resistance Reserve, Diagnostic and Prognostic Performance in the ILIAS Registry. Cohen-Boerhout and colleagues from the University UMC in the Netherlands aimed to evaluate the Diagnostic and Prognostic Performance of MRR. A total of approximately 1,500 patients with stable symptoms and a clinical indication for coronary angiography were included from the Global ILIAS Registry. MRR was derived as a function of the coronary flow reserve or CFR divided by the fractional flow reserve or FFR and corrected for driving pressure. The median MRR was 2.97 and the overall relationship between MRR and CFR was good. The difference between CFR and MRR increased with decreasing FFR. A higher MRR was independently associated with major adverse cardiovascular events or MACE, HR 0.78, p equaling 0.024, and target vessel failure or TVF at 5-year follow-up, HR 0.83, p equaling 0.047. The optimal cutoff value for MRR was 3.0. Based on this cutoff value. Only abnormal MRR was significantly associated with MACE and TVF at 5-year follow-up in vessels with functionally significant epicardial disease FFR less than 0.75. The authors conclude that MRR seems to be a robust indicator of the microvascular vasodilator reserve capacity. Moreover, in line with its theoretical background, This study suggests a diagnostic advantage of MRR over other indices of vasodilator capacity in patients with hemodynamically significant epicardial coronary artery disease. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Stefano Rigattieri and Emmanuel Barbato from the Sant'Andrea Hospital in Rome, Italy, and Colin Berry from the University of Glasgow in the United Kingdom. The authors summarise that epicardial and microvascular disease represent a continuum. Currently, a comprehensive assessment of microvascular function is feasible and recommended in European and North American chest pain guidelines when ANOCA is suspected. They also note that the authors of this study should be commended for having provided the first multicenter data on the clinical significance of MRR. Their studies should pave the way for future studies in cardiovascular conditions where CMD is implicated. Potentially, MRR may serve as a therapeutic target to guide therapy development for coronary microvascular disease. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will be of interest to its listeners.